I've been trying to go to church some, but I keep getting intercepted by the ball game on TV or Zepco 303. Didn't Peter fish for me? If only the good die young. Good morning, good morning, good morning, sweet, beautiful Texas and beyond. Our good buddy Max Stalling kicking things off for us on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered. By Dallas Safari Club, I'm your host, Cable Smith, and there is no place that I would rather be than talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in today, as we've got a great show lined up for you. But first, man, isn't it a wonderful time of year? Spring Turkey opens up in the South Zone this weekend. Uh, I went fishing on the Brazos River last week. Those big largemouth, they're showing up on beds. Uh, the sand bass are running. The crappie will be behind them here shortly. Give it another three, four weeks, and they'll be in full swing. So my favorite time of the year, I feel like I say that every week because there's always something to do in the great outdoors. But truly, this is a special time of year. And we've got a special show lined up for you. So... You know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up Stanley Thermos, the one your grandfather passed down to you. Probably still has mud caked on it from three duck seasons ago, if it's like mine anyway, because we are ready to rock and roll off the top. We'll be joined by Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, Mule Deer and Pronghorn Program Leader Sean Gray, a longtime friend of the show. We've got some very interesting proposed mule deer regulation changes that would go into effect uh, for next season, kind of in the same vein as whitetail antler restrictions that have been so wildly successful throughout most of Texas. Uh, So we'll get into that with Sean. And then also uh, we'll discuss pronghorn relocation and predator control. Uh, Does Texas Parks and Wildlife shoot coyotes out of helicopters? You'll have to stay tuned in to find out, but I think you'd be surprised at how many state wildlife agencies and even provinces in Canada actually trap and aerial gun predators on a regular basis. Something they don't like to talk about a lot, but plenty of them do it. And so we'll see if uh, we can make Sean squirm a little with that line of questioning. Then uh, Darren Jones of Silencer Co. will drop by the studio for a couple segments. We've got a lot to get into with Darren. Everything from uh, suppressors to trusts to the Trump slump in the firearm industry. What's going on there? Why has Donald Trump proven to be the exact opposite of Barack Obama when it comes to firearm sales? And of course, the Hearing Protection Act is H.R. 367 dead in the water. We'll get into that with Darren as well. Before we wrap up today's broadcast by talking spring turkey and the new 224 Valkyrie caliber, with Linda Powell of Mossberg Firearms. So some scattergun and rifle discussion coming at you here at the bottom of the hour. That's what's on the docket for today. It's going to be a good one. Guarantee you that. I'm excited about it. Hope you are as well. A couple other orders of business here. I do want to say congrats to James Casey. He is last week's winner of the Lone Star Beer Camo Prize Pack. Um, So congrats, James. Also, We've got another giveaway for you today. I've got a Go Wild Bison Cooler Tumbler. I think it's like a $40 or $50 value. 
So we'll give this away. We'll throw in a Lone Star Outdoor Show sticker and Lone Star beer. Camo cap. Uh, here's how you enter to win. Email the word bison, that's bison, to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. That's bison to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. Everyone who uh, emails in, whether you're listening live on the radio or via the podcast, you're entered to win. And uh, we'll draw a winner and announce it on the air next week. Uh, also, we've still got two spots open for Guns and Guitars 4. This is your opportunity to hunt trophy axis deer or black buck with me at Coons Canyon Ranch. But more importantly than me, it's really, that's not that big of a deal. Uh, but Max Stalling and Mark David Manders are a big deal. And they will be there providing nightly entertainment. Uh, the whole event is catered. That includes alcohol, a lodging. I mean, it's the whole nine yards. And here's the price. Get this. It's only $32.50 a hunter. Uh, when you talk about booking an axis or a black buck hunt somewhere in Texas, you're going to pay $4,000 just for the trophy fee. Here we've got trophy axis here. And I mean some nice trophies, 34 inches out there for sure. And uh, if you want to shoot, you know, a beautiful black buck, hey, you can do that too. And it's only $32.50, plus you get Max and Mark, two of the best singer-songwriters of my lifetime when it comes to real country music anyway. And Guns and Guitars 4 is going down July 12th through the 15th at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. Email me at LoneStarOutdoorShow at gmail.com if you are interested in coming. We'd love to have you. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll discuss how Texas Parks and Wildlife plans to raise the age structure of mule deer bucks in the Texas Panhandle. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Coming down, just like a cannonball, landing in a fishbowl, broke glass and everything. What a treasure. Hey y'all, Cable here for Three Curl Outfitters, and whether you want to bow hunt hogs or get after them with thermal imaging and night vision, under the cover of darkness, Three Curl has you covered. They've got the latest and greatest thermal imaging and night vision technology. They hunt unlimited, I mean, just thousands upon thousands of acres of ag fields, or if you're a bow hunter and you want to sit in a stand and wait for the hog to come to you, uh, they can do that as well. Check it out, threecurl.com to book your next hog hunt. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace 
that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoff Powers Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H is in Hoff Power, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoff Powers has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we could have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. Hi, I'm Jim Shockey, and you're listening to Lone Star Outdoor Show. Baby, if you're a looking, we can burn the night like a wildfire. Just a couple refugees hiding in each other for a little while. I don't know about tomorrow. A little less lonely. Jeff Allen bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Powered. At Dallas Safari Club, Cable Smith riding shotgun with you today. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris, our presenting sponsors. And thank you guys and gals for being here. It is a pleasure to be talking outdoors with you as we are all set to get into some regulatory changes, uh, proposed ones anyway, regarding Texas mule deer, uh, which this is an animal that has given me fits as far as punching tags is concerned, but one that I absolutely admire and love pursuing. Uh, so we'll get into that and maybe talk some pronghorn as well with Texas Parks and Wildlife's Sean Gray just uh, momentarily here. But first, this segment is proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. I'd like to invite you to join this great group of hunters and conservationists who are passionate about three things, education, conservation, and hunters' rights. Check us out at biggame.org for more info. Okay, well, uh, what do y'all say we bring on our first guest today? He's a longtime friend of the program. Also, our Texas Parks and Wildlife pronghorn and mule deer program leader, Sean Gray. Always a pleasure, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me back on, Cable. Yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. And I, I really do enjoy our conversations, you know, because we're always talking about something that, uh, some hooved animal that, you know, I like to uh, pursue and, and eventually try to put on my plate, whether that's a mule deer or a pronghorn. Um, as our mule deer or pronghorn program leader, what are you up to this time of year? So this time of year, we have, uh, we've got a couple of new mule deer uh, proposals, regulation proposals coming up. And we just got, we did three public hearings up in the panhandle where these regulations would, uh, impact, uh, opening up a, a nine day mule deer buck season in Lynn County and then trying an experimental antler restriction in six counties in the Southeast panhandle. Uh, where we also just finished, a pronghorn translocation as part of our uh, Trans-Pecos pronghorn restoration efforts. And, and that's uh, essentially that, moving uh, yeah, panhandle? Moving, correct. Panhandle correct, pronghorn yeah. to the Trans-Pecos? Yes, sir, to to boost populations there. And and, and uh, that's a long-term project, and it, we're seeing a lot of fruits of our labors now. So yeah. well, it's been pretty well. Our show is about nine years old, and I think for as long as we've been on the air, that translocation project has been going on. It's great to hear you say that things are looking up because for so long it was kind of like it was just kind of just stuck in limbo. Sure. So 
what were some of the issues that were causing that trans-Pecos population to uh, take a, a downward turn? Yeah, we have a pretty good, uh, or oh, we do have a handle on kind of what, what was uh, causing that decline. Primarily it was drought, There, but there was some other factors in there that really exacerbated the drought and the impacts of drought. Fencing was an issue, uh-huh. and uh, we're alle- alleviating a lot of those issues. Pronghorn got to move around that area, you know, range to to find good forage, and so that was that was um, Im- impacting their ability to do that. And then we also had like high issues. No, uh, uh, a lot of old historic fence mm-hmm. from the, the sheep and goat days, net wire paneling, um, oh, even right. cattle fence, good cattle fence that are is five strands. Uh, pronghorn can jump a fence, but they don't normally do that. So they want to, they want to go underneath a fence. You know, it's like a black buck. It's like, here's this animal, you know, it can jump six, seven feet in the air, but it comes to a fence and it tries to go under it. <laughs> right. Right. And so that, <clears throat> you know, if the bottom wire is, is, is not high enough, then those animals, animals basically become stuck in those pastures. Mm. Okay. And then uh, we had that disease, disease issue, it's an internal parasite uh, that's very common in pronghorn, but with the drought and them not being able to to move out of certain areas, then it seemed like that uh, increased the parasite loads and we had some animals succumb to that disease as well. It's a common parasite in all pronghorn populations, but uh, when they're in good condition, it, it's not a problem, but with all those factors coming together at one time, uh, led to that historic decline that we saw in 2011 and really from 2008 to 2012. Hmm. Okay. What about uh, coyote predation on uh, fawns? Of, uh... Oh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, during this, this same time frame, we actually had a high coyote predation on adult pronghorn. Um, yeah, so what, what we were, what kind of the, the data suggests, um, and just what the range conditions were producing, what we had a, a low, uh, pretty much like a small mammal rabbit, uh, population at that time. Mm -hmm. So it looked like the, the coyotes were, grace was pretty much the only other prey that was out there uh, left from from the historic drought. We were having increased uh, predation events on the adults, and then uh, we had very low survivorship on on fawns, and that that was primarily nutrition. But the fawns that were born uh, pretty much were all eaten by coyotes as well. So yeah. it was kind of a, a double double whammy there. Well, let me ask you this because we all know, and and people don't like to talk about it, but uh, you know, Texas Parks and Wildlife, you guys are honest about what you do. And it's no secret that in areas where Audad have moved into uh, our uh, desert bighorn populations that, you know, we shoot them out of helicopters, the Audad. Uh, yes. Do we do predator management as far as the coyotes are concerned and the Transpecos uh, to give these pronghorn a better chance at survival? Yes, we do. We It's, it's a strategic approach where Right before we release these new animals, we we treat the restoration area at least a couple of times where we have pretty good coverage, and mm-hmm. and at that time, um, 
the coyotes are primarily in their breeding pairs. So we're we're after the adult coyotes, the ones that are those are the ones that know how to hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll do that, um, and that's showing really good results on um, on predation on the translocated animals. So they're pretty naive when they first get to the area. It takes a little while for them to, to learn. Um, Which makes them an easy do, mark for a coyote. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, they they got to have some time to, to learn the fences and whatnot. And, and the coyotes, you know, are extremely smart and they know how to use fences to kill pronghorn. Also the, uh, the translocated pronghorn, they, they mix well with the residents. And so there, there's some learning going on there as well. But, uh, the, the other treatment time frame that we do is in the spring, right before fawns are born. And what we're trying to do is create that buffer to get the fawns four to six weeks of age. And after they're about that, at their, at, once they're about four to six weeks of age, then uh, predation is, is much lower on, on, on them. So mm-hmm. um, we're, we're trying to do uh, a, a treatment right before we release and a treatment right before fawns are born. Okay. And we're showing really good results with that. We're, basically, we, uh, in one of our restoration areas, we do trapping, and uh, most of the other restoration areas, we do aerial gunning. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and those two treatment types have, have worked really well for us. Um, and then, um, you know, we're showing good results. Obviously, you know, doing your part uh, as far as giving the pronghorn a chance by practicing predator management and you know, you hear people say, oh, you can't control a coyote population, this, that, and the other. And there's been books. Uh, Dan Flores has this book, Coyote America. It's a great book, but my opinion is the coyotes are always going to come back, but based on when you do it, like you said, you guys have two certain times of the year where you knock their numbers down. You certainly can have an effect on the uh, you know the hooved animals in a region. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, and you're right, and and that's exactly what uh, our results are showing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it and you know it's a great book. Have you read it by chance? No, sir, I have not. Well, a lot of people think it's the Bible when it comes to coyotes. You know, like if you if you hunt them or trap them, or uh, they only come back stronger. Well, they always come back, but you are based on when you do it. Uh, you know, you're definitely having an effect, and and on places where it's high fenced or you you run a a snare or trap line religiously, you can totally manipulate coyote populations. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Well, well, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's shift gears here and get back into those proposed, uh, mule deer regulation changes. And I'll tell you, Sean, uh, I leased a place in Lubbock County this year for the mule deer season. One that was recommended to me by a, a wildlife biologist, uh, from Texas tech, a good buddy of mine, and it was his professor's place. It was about 90 acres, and it was, you know, basically the only real thick cover and wooded area. You know, it was basically surrounded by ag fields, but there was no other cover, so you knew it was going to have the potential to have animals bedded there. Essentially, that was their sanctuary. Right. And we, and you know, I put a camera out and a feeder, and I know mule deer don't use a feeder that often, uh, typically. And, but immediately, I had does showing up at it, and then I started to see bucks. But I'll tell you what, uh, no big bucks. And and I had cameras throughout the property, and they just weren't there. 
uh, and like they traditionally had been. And I think that that Lubbock season's been open for what, maybe four years? Actually, probably five hunting seasons now, five. four to five hunting seasons, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it, when when it opened, there were giant bucks out there. And I've even talked to game wardens and stuff, and, and they said that those numbers have been knocked down substantially. Be, and, and let's be honest, I guess kind of what it created was a little bit of a problem because now anyone with a Texas hunting license that's not on the up and up, you know, maybe they're doing something a little unethical or, you know, totally illegal. Uh, but you see a big buck in an ag field, you shoot it, throw it in the back of your truck, put your tag on it, and then that's a huge area for a game warden. <laughs> I mean, we don't have enough game wardens. So I, I right. my opinion was that, you know, poaching might might have been an issue over hunting. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Because across the panhandle, why are we thinking about putting these antler restrictions in place? Yeah, well, um, a, a lot of what you said is true, um, and also the reasoning behind the antler restriction is because of of over over harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's skewing the sex ratios and the age structure of of the buck population. Okay, and okay. and we know that uh, a buck only season is not going to have detrimental impacts or negative biological impacts on a on a population but it it, it can for sure impact buck age structure yeah. and that's you know that that's what we see in um in parts of the panhandle especially in these six counties where we're proposing the experimental antler restrictions yeah well and you know love mm-hmm. them or hate them antler restrictions have proven to be you know they're producing bigger racked whitetails in most Texas counties where we've implemented ARs, especially in East Texas. And, um, I mean, I think it's a great, I mean, it's a great idea. And you guys are proposing for, so for six counties, a trial period of how many seasons? At least four hunting seasons. Uh huh. And if it proves successful, then maybe, you know, expand that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pretty much, if it's successful, then make those permanent there, and then probably expand into some other areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm I don't know how to say this, but I, I'm pretty shocked. I guess is how much support that we've had for these antler restrictions. You know, we knew we were going to have some support, but it's it's overwhelmingly uh, high support on on this proposal. And, That's wonderful you know, to hear. To be honest with you, yeah, uh, and it, it's a, a lot of it is is all the success of the whitetail uh, antler restriction. We know whitetail and mule deer aren't the same animal, but um, we're taking some of those um, things that kind of worked in the whitetail world and and seeing if it would work for mule deer. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit different, but um, at I guess at the end of the day, we're, we're we're trying to reach the same goal as increasing the age structure of the buck population. Yeah. Well, and you know, really the only detractor and people always say, well, I got these mature bucks that just don't make the 13 inch, you know, uh, requirement you know, when it comes to whitetails. And that does happen. You know, there are narrow racked mature bucks that fall through the cracks, but by and large, and I'm talking about not just in East Texas, but you know, in every County where these have been implemented, it's helping. You know, <laughs> There's no denying that. Uh, the bucks are reaching maturity and they're growing bigger antlers. And so that's what we want to take is, is mature bucks and everybody likes a nice rack. There's no, you know, no, we're not denying that the same thing with the mule deer, but it's not going to be 13 inches. Uh, what is that inside spread requirement going to be for, so, for muleys? So one thing, 
<clears throat> that we we knew w- wasn't going to work for mule deer is an inside spread. Mm-hmm. So we're using an outside spread, okay. using the the same metric as whitetail for for the guide, uh, the ear tip the ear tip spread, but to closely match that to where a hunter could could really use the ear tip ear tip spread for a guide for measurement was better the outside spread of the main beam versus the inside spread of the main beam. So it's basically, you're looking at the same thing, but you're using the outside a measurement of the antler material instead of the inside. So if his ears are anywhere past the outside of the antlers, that would be an illegal buck. Right. Uh, so Simple enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's uh, what we gathered is... Um, some of our preliminary data is looking like the average ear tip ear tip spread on mule deer is 21 inches, uh-huh. and uh, the proposal where we're going to say at 20 inches outside spread, so that would protect most of the young bucks that we want that we want to protect, as well as give a little bit of leeway to the hunter. So, sure, um, you 20 inch outside spread if it's 20 inches or greater, you, that's a, a legal buck to harvest. And if it's less than that, then you can't harvest it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm 100% in favor of this, uh, no doubt about that. And like you said, uh, it's great to know that all, overwhelmingly hunters out there, conservationists, um, are saying the same thing and, and giving that feedback to you guys. So one thing I did want to ask is what – kind of track record do other states have as far as implementing something similar with mule deer actually we're the first state to ever try to propose an, an antler width restriction oh wow okay yeah i mean um, I guess some other states have probably said you know like points you know to a yeah side right like exactly but and, no and antler it, restrictions as far as uh width right hmm. yep and and the point thing is it's it's really failed basically because of the there's a lot of young deer that would meet that those like four points on one side. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 they they really don't show any type of really good results when 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 they try a point an antler point restriction. That's why we're not even looking at that. Mm-hmm. And we know that as just like whitetail, as mule deer age, their spread will get get larger. So. That, that's kind of our model that we're going to try out, um, and we're going to gather as much data as we can to, to evaluate the effectiveness of, of the antler restriction. So we're going to have some voluntary check stations, uh, work with our game wardens on those animals that, you know, that they might write a warning or a citation for to make sure we get that data on those animals as well, just to see, you know, what percentage would like you mentioned, those those ones, those narrow rack bucks that are going to fall through the crack. What exactly is that percentage? So sure, sure, and it does happen. You know, there'll be the mature muley that just doesn't quite make it. But uh, sure. across the board, you're talking about uh, implementing a program that's going to help increase the age structure and uh, for the hunter. Like I always break it down like this: people that say they're not a trophy hunter, if you have one tag and a mature five by five walks out. And a you know a one and a half year old three by three walks out. You're shooting a five by five if you have one tag. Ten times out of ten, and that's just <laughs> inherently that's in our nature. Absolutely. We like big bass and we like big bucks, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, you know. 
so let's grow them. Let's grow them big. You guys are on the right track, man. So it was encouraging to see this, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing positive results. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate all the support for sure, and and uh, folks can go online and, and uh, make public comment as well if they support or even don't support or support and want to uh, let us know that maybe we need to think about something else. So people yeah. can uh, people can make uh, comments online up to 7 a.m. on March 22nd, and that's when the on March 22nd, that's when the commission will make their final decision on on uh, moving forward with the regulation. Well, Sean, always great visiting with you, man. Thanks for making time for us. I know your family's out at the ranch with you for spring break, so we certainly appreciate it. And I look forward to our next talk. You bet, Cable, man. Thanks for having me. It's a great avenue to, to talk about mule deer and pronghorn with our constituents for sure. Take care, my friend. Thanks again, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, all right. There he goes, Texas Parks and Wildlife, Sean Gray. I always love visiting with Sean. And that segment of the show was brought to you by Scent Blaster. Listen, if you use scents in your hunting sets, then this is a better mousetrap because you're going to get more scent out. You're going to get it out longer. Your wick's not going to dry out. And as a result, you're going to attract more game. It's that simple. You can find it at scentblaster.net. Well, y'all don't go anywhere. Up next, we're talking suppressors, the death of the Hearing Aid Protection Act, uh, trusts, what else? Uh, the Trump slump when it comes to the firearm industry. All that and much more. Darren Jones of Silencer Co. joins us in studio on the Lone Star Outdoors show. I had those nights where my guitar was raging. It's not something you control, little darling. It's not something you control. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. Howdy friends, Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my custom 7 mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas, located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com. This is Aaron Lewis. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. He handed it to me on the day I turned 13 With a half-shot box of shells and a kit to keep it clean I keep a picture in the case of that sweet old man me Granddaddy's gone Granddaddy's gone, a little Aaron Lewis bringing us back 
on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players as well. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, it's great to be talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and the Second Amendment today, anyway, as we are all set to visit with Silencer Co.'s Darren Jones. But before we get suppressed, <laughs> this segment of the show is brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging Optics. If you haven't seen the new Pulsar Trail series, you need to check it out. When it comes to thermal imaging, there is nothing better. It's the latest and greatest technology. Even has internal recording. That's right. You just push record. Then all those hogs and coyotes that you're after, you've got all the footage right there. Just upload it directly to your computer. It's that simple. And the image quality is unmatched. It's the Pulsar Trail. You can find it at PulsarNV.com. And use that promo code LONESTAR. You'll save 20% off your entire order at PulsarNV.com. All right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. He's a longtime personal friend of mine, uh, but this marks the first time he's ever been on the show. Uh, Darren Jones of Silencer Co. joins us now in studio. Darren, first of all, thanks for your service, and we certainly appreciate you being here, man. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, you bet. It's great to have you here. Uh, first of all, how was your how was your hunting season? Did you have a good fall? I had a great fall, actually. Uh, I didn't get to dove hunt as much as I wanted to. We you know we did a film, um, did a cast and blast down around the Arroyo with my buddy uh, Lee Gonzalez, LG Outfitters down there, and had a he had like a couple hundred acres planted in sunflowers, so we had a pretty phenomenal bird hunt. And the <laughs> fishing was really good, you know, in that end of September, early October time frame. So. Uh -huh we hit it just right um but yeah hunting season it, it's been good uh i actually uh, did not shoot a deer with a rifle this year i shot everything with a bow uh -huh. uh, my son shot everything with a bow you know being a guy that works for a silencer company <laughs> you know they keep you out you know shooting everything with a rifle but uh i i like to bow hunt so i i've, I've blessed with the opportunity with friends that called me and said hey we, you know we need some deer that you know, want you to come shoot some deer, and I'm like, uh, yeah, you ain't got to twist my arm for that. So right. So yeah, I had a great hunting season. Um, got to shoot a few ducks. Uh, got to go up to Arkansas and do some hunting up there. Did a little, little bit of hunting here in Texas. Uh, not as much, near as much as I wanted to. Uh, yeah, I missed you at the DSC show. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Then that's that's why. I mean, I, I mean, I, I Arkansas I, duck hunting. Yeah, Arkansas <laughs> hunting, flooded timber, Dallas Safari Club. Yeah, that's a pretty yeah. easy choice, but uh. I, I did miss the show. I, I like going to Dallas Safari Club just because I have so many people that are running there, just just friends, you know, that yeah. I get to walk around and talk to and see. And so it was, uh, you know, I had to had to catch up with a lot of those people, at, you know, shot show and other places. Uh -huh. Well, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you do. I do marketing and business development for Silencer Co. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, I go out and try to foster relationships with other brands and other companies. Uh, we do a a hunting series called Harvested. And that focus is around, it's more of a lifestyle show. You know, we do have sponsors for that show right now. We have a uh, Browning, Wiley X, uh, Alps Packs, Alps Outdoors, uh, Traeger Grills, Yeti, mm -hmm. and uh, Vortex Optics are, are our partners on that. And, uh, and where does it air? It, it, it doesn't air. We, we usually put it out after we shoot, you know, within a, you know, within a month or so after we shoot. On YouTube? Or? On, we put it on YouTube, Facebook, mm -hmm. uh, Outdoor Hub, Carbon Media. Okay. So you can go catch it all those different places. And we, we try to do, um, 
we have a, a couple of different things that we do. We go, we, sometimes we'll take celebrities hunting. Like I've taken Randy Couture mm-hmm. on an elk hunt. I took George Hill, who's now with the Cavs, right. playing for the Cavs, took him on a hunt um, in New Mexico for uh, for uh, black bear and um, and uh, speed goats, you know. So mm-hmm. he had a, had a great time with him. He is a super guy. And, uh, and then we also find guys that have an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, it's not all just celebrities. Uh, we have some, we do some interesting things and we found that, that doing these films, uh, people are a little bit more engaged with your brand doing that. Uh, it's, it's not kind of the, in your face, not, not to knock hunting TV. Cause there's some really good hunting TV. Out well, it's there. in the crapper hunting yeah, TV but, and there's a reason why. Yeah. Yeah. And there, but there is some bad hunting TV that yeah. is, uh, uh, they seem to be shoving the product in your face and it's just that's clear, why clearly that's why obvious <laughs> you know and we and, we and should, i mean i make a living doing the same thing but you, you can't beat people over the head with yeah, it you I have mean, to be I mean, discreet and yeah you know. it, it, we're a little bit more discreet with it and we're, we're telling a story and oh by the way we have this product in here and we and people seem to engage with us more right doing that saying hey you know what rifle are you using oh that was a browning x-bolt and 6.5 creedmoor mm-hmm. well, what do you think about it oh, i love that gun we killed no guy uh our dad mule deer uh the year before that we had kimber as a partner and i've mm-hmm. uh, got a little kimber 6.5 mountain gun is uh my daughter has laid claim to that gun she will not shoot anything <laughs> else but that gun it's in 6.5 uh everything we put in it we, we were running at that time we were running the uh, hornady 143 grain eldx in that oh yeah and nothing walked away yeah nothing that's I what mean, i shot everything in africa with the uh that's a fantastic yeah. round yeah. I, I think that that it round, was in seven mag but that was the yeah, yeah but that round changed the game as far as just it's penetration just performance mm. and penetration and terminal ballistics on that that it's either that or barnes mm-hmm. um you know i love shooting that stuff some of the browning stuff that i'm shooting is actually pretty good uh the, the Browning, uh, the BPX load that they have uh, that we've been shooting has been fantastic. So I think any of your premium brand ammunition, you're going to, you're going to be okay. Right. As far as getting, you know, getting accuracy, you know, getting, so, cause most of those guns now are shooting minute of, you know, a minute and a hundred yards right. and for a hunting gun, that's pretty solid. Yeah. You know, cause most of your hunting shots are going to be 500 yards and in, you know, unless mm-hmm. you're getting into the really long distance. Which stuff. isn't, isn't. Uh, intentional if you're shooting past 500 yards i mean you want to sh- you want that you know yeah 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 i, I, mean, I personally don't <laughs> I, I i don't either i can shoot out i respect that far. the guys that do it but it's uh, not yeah for I, I can shoot that far but man it takes me a long time to set it up and, yeah. and i have to really practice at that distance and the guys that can shoot that distance uh it's kind of like bow hunters that can shoot 60 70 yards and yeah you know shoot inches you know shoot an inch group with with not four me. arrows i'm like yeah that ain't me <laughs> yeah. i mean i can do it but uh i think i could probably hit an elk at 60 yards or, or something big but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I got mad respect for those guys. But, you know, for as far as what I do for Silencer Co., that's that's what I do. Do those films. Um, Sounds rough. Sound up. Yeah, it's a, ter- <laughs> it's a terrible job. Now, now I'm, I'm, I wake up every morning. I'm like, I have, yeah, if I ever find myself kind of complaining about having to travel or whatever. Uh, yeah, my girlfriend was like, oh, you poor baby. You yeah. get to go hunting for a living. She's yeah. like, shut up and quit. You know? <laughs> quit complaining. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's no secret that Obama, um, you know, he was great for the firearm industry, firearm accessories. Um, he was the best gun salesman America's ever seen. And I think everyone was betting on Hillary to win as far as, well, I mean, obviously people didn't want Hillary to win, but the firearm industry expected her to win. Right. Yeah, I think that was the. Uh, I think that was everybody's guess. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, we we would love to see this guy in, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so and so Obama was great. I mean, he was the uh, most anti-gun voting senator before he became president. So what did he do? He sold a lot of guns for us. Yeah, yeah, uh, people thought Hillary would be even better. 
And Trump actually has had the opposite effect. And uh, I'll let you talk a little bit about why that is. Well, I can give my opinion on sure, why it is. Sure. And uh, I, I'll give my opinion, too, in talking yeah. with other uh, gun manufacturers and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you probably get to talk to a lot of a lot of guys in the industry, and I know I do as well. Um, from from our perspective, we had a several events happen that led up to what is what is going on. It's just not like, hey, Trump got elected and everything right. went down the tubes, you know, yeah. uh, because uh, our big thing on the suppressor side was the Hearing Protection Act mm-hmm. and getting the suppressors removed off the National Firearms Act, the NFA list. And we were very, um, we were very hopeful that that would happen. Trump told us, and Donald Trump Jr. told us, he goes, hey, if it passes the House mm-hmm. and passes the Senate and makes it to his desk, it's there is a 99.9% chance that it's going to get signed. Right. It just has to get to him because it's a law and the president just can't go in there and start meddling with how, what laws are made. I mean, I'm sure he can, but he's not going to, right. He's not that kind of guy. So he's like, Hey, if it passes and it gets through, I'll sign it. Cause I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody that's ever shot a suppressor knows that it's uh, once you shoot one, you pretty much never go back to shooting unsuppressed. I don't, I don't know why you would. I mean, my ears ring constantly, from from gunfire uh, noises and loud music and loud machinery and um, I tell you what once I started shooting suppressed I was like I cannot believe I've not done this my entire life right it's just that barrier to entry so uh, but but going back to what he was talking about um, you know we had that going we had a lot of momentum it was one of the most viewed bills on uh, the congressional website you know your right. congress.gov and then we had uh, right before it was supposed to be introduced into the house. Uh, that crazy guy walked onto the softball fields and shot um, uh, Senator Scalise. And that that delayed things for a while. And then uh, I remember I was down on that casting blast and my phone rang. It's like, turn the TV on. And Las Vegas, you know, the Mm -hmm. tragedy in Vegas happened, which was just, I mean, one of the worst things I think that has happened in our our history is something like that to happen. Yeah. Well, all of those things happened right before all of this legislation was supposed to hit. And prior to that, when Obama did 41F, when he was saying, hey, look, now if you're going to have a trust, um, because some people were trying to put people on their trust that were felons or nefarious persons right. that were not supposed <laughs> to have a suppressor. And, and I mean, you can't I'm not you can't really blame Obama for what he was doing saying, Hey, look, you know, if we're going to have trust and we all got to obey by the same rules, now you got to have fingerprints and photo ID so we can background check these guys. That's why trust takes so long right now to get through the ATF. Um, because they're having to go through and check prints and photo IDs on everybody on the trust. Mm -hmm. Um, I can see why he did it. I don't agree with it, but I can, but I understand. Sure. That and all those other things. So, when Obama did 41F, he's like, I'm doing it July of 2016. And people were like, okay, so I don't have to go do all that prior to that. I'm going to go order suppressor. So mm-hmm. we had we had the biggest year we've ever had at Silencerco. I mean, we've made over 100,000 suppressors. I mean, it's just an unbelievable year for, for, for making. It was a perfect storm, so to speak. Yeah. Well, you have this big bubble of people that went and bought four, five, six suppressors for their guns. And then we had all this legislation happen, and now we have this thought process out there with buyers. They're like, "Yeah, I want to buy a suppressor, but I'm just going to wait 
I'm in that, you know, and, and you've been trying to get me to do this for well, like two years now. Because I talk to guys like Knox Williams at the American Suppressor Association. He's a guy you should really talk to because he is in the know every day. And I call him and said, dude, what is going on with this with yeah. this legislation? He goes, as it stands right now, it's dead in the water as in its current form yeah. is what he told me. Yeah. In its current form. So it's not going to pass. It's, it's, it's I, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, so I people am, can stop waiting. I mean, yeah, people can stop waiting. And, and if it does, great. I've always been of the of the fact of the thought process that if we try to take two hundred dollars two hundred dollar tax stamp away from the government, they're going to be like, yeah, no. Yeah, uh, I've talked to a lot of guys um, out of the industry, in the industry, hunters, recreational shooters, whoever. And I'm like, what's your biggest barrier to entry on getting one? They're like, I don't want to wait twelve months to get one. A lot of guys are like I don't. Well, I, I don't want to pay the tax. I'm waiting two yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> Some guys are like I don't mind paying the tax. Yeah. I don't like it, but if that's what I got to do to get one, sure. Then I'll go pay the flipping tax. I just want it. I want you to run my background check, run the next check like you're supposed to. You know, I've, if I'm a concealed carry permit holder, you've got all my information. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of guys that are like Ali. I mean, I've, I've had a top secret clearance. You've got you know everything about me. Right. Why can't I own? A, a safety device, pretty much what's a muffler for a gun. It's not going to make it, you know, John Wick quiet or anything. Right. Go out and, and get one. I want to walk out with it that day or within five days. I don't, I think waiting a year to own something that is basically a device that makes your rifle more enjoyable to shoot, safer to shoot, doesn't blow your hearing out. Having to wait twelve months to own something like that's absolutely ridiculous. It is. It's it's insane. And and there's countries out there who have way stricter gun laws than oh, yeah. do. Take New Zealand, for example. A guy on Instagram, he uh he sent me a photo and, and it, I think it was like a tar or something he'd shot and I was like, Oh, that's cool, you got a suppressor on there. He's like, Yeah, you just walk into the sporting of the store and just buy it. You walk out with it. Yeah. I was like, what? I had a kid tell me that. We, we used to... Uh, How to, come we can't do that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I've had people from Finland, because I talked to the guys at Tika mm-hmm. that make Tika Sako. They're all from Finland. And uh, they were like, why is it so hard to get a suppressor here? If you don't have a suppressor on your gun at the gun range when you're sighting in, getting ready for the season, you're asked to leave <laughs> to go get one yeah. or go buy one at the pro shop absolutely they're like hey if you're going to shoot unsuppressed then wait till everybody else here is done and then you can come and shoot where's yeah. completely the opposite here guys are suppressors like i usually try to get to a gun range really early like an outdoor range i try to get there like first thing so i can go and shoot and not have a guy torching off a 300 wind mag or if he's got a threaded barrel i'm like hey buddy you yeah. know i turn into a salesman hey buddy let me put this on the end of your gun real quick and i'll screw a an omega or a hybrid or one of our cans onto the end of his gun and he'll shoot it he's like oh my god that's amazing yeah. you know so yeah it's uh you're, you're right there there's a lot of countries out there that uh scandinavian countries new zealand um they're they're huge suppressor countries and they just scratch their head they're like wow your country has the most liberal gun laws in the world yeah. next to like as far as just general ownership mm-hmm. and you can't own a suppressor they, and they just look at me like man i love your country but it's a <laughs> you got a weird culture yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> and they're right yeah they're totally right uh let's do this let's take a quick break come okay. back and and talk about the process to acquire a suppressor today and uh obviously there's some other stuff we'll get into as well sound good sure sounds sounds great Excellent. And that segment, by the way, brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas, and Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue, where you can stop in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner and enjoy Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue. 
Stick around. We continue talking suppressors after the break right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. For nearly a decade, the Lone Star Outdoor Show has delivered entertaining, educational, and conservation-driven content to an ever-growing audience of sportsmen and women. Join companies like Vortex Optics, First Light Hunting, and Horizon Firearms that use the Lone Star Outdoor Show to increase their brand awareness and bottom line. If you're interested in introducing your brand to our audience, then call Gil at 972-849-3392. That's me, Gil, the Lone Star Outdoor Show marketing guy at 972-849-3392. You can also email me at gill.lonestyledoorshow at gmail.com. Cable here, and we all know that the North Texas weather plays for keeps. That's why you should call my childhood baseball buddy, Phil, with Tech City Roofing. Tech City is a one-stop shop for your roofing needs, offering a 10-year transferable warranty. They don't require money up front or a down payment. They deal directly with your insurance company. Tech City is insured and has an A-plus rating with the BBB. Call Phil Marler at 940-600-8221 for a free inspection or email him at phil at techcityroofing.com. That's my lifelong bud, Phil, with Tech City Roofing at 940-600-8221. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at bobcatadvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit bobcatofdallas.com or call 469-586-0000. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Hi, this is Fred Eichler with Easton Bowhunting and Predator Nation. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Come on and let me turn you on. Let's get around from the start. We got a smoke and a silver and gold. We got a heart for the rhythm and a rock and roll. Something's shaking and it just won't stop. There's little Ryan Bingo bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thank you so much for tuning in today as we are talking suppressors with our buddy Darren Jones from Silencer Co. Uh, still got a lot to get into on that front, but first, uh, this segment of the presentation proudly brought to you by IOTA Outdoors. If you've seen my 7 mag, uh, you know that it's got the IOTA Crux. It's a backcountry-friendly stock weighing in at only 27 ounces. And even with that 7 mag thumping, uh, very, very little recoil. So check it out for yourself, especially if you're interested in backcountry or, or any type of, of hunting where you're traveling on foot a lot. Uh, those ounces add up over the course of a day. And you can find the Crux as well as all of IOTA's other precision shooting products right there at iotaoutdoors.com. Well, let's go ahead and pick it back up with Darren Jones, our friend from Silencer Co., who's here in studio with us. Uh, Darren, thanks for sticking around through the break, man. Absolutely. Certainly appreciate it. So going back to what we were talking about previously, uh, how Obama, he sold a lot of guns. He sold a lot of suppressors. People were buying out of fear 
this is my opinion. You, you gave me yours. Um, and then just talking with some of, uh, some of my, let's just say sponsors like, uh, Derek Ratliff over at horizon firearms, custom rifle builder. He said, uh, really things haven't changed. I think for them, business is good because people are not buying the ARs out of fear anymore. Now they're going and spending, instead of buying three ARs, they're going and buying a three or $4,000 rifle that they really want. Um, and so that's kind of what he said, but I wanted to ask you, because I've heard that this is true, but I don't really know. Uh, you know, these large gun manufacturers are just sitting on warehouses of ARs that they can't sell because they hedged their bets on Hillary winning. So I don't know. I know business is bad for them. I don't know if that's part of it or what you've heard, but, uh, that, that's something that has been, um, something that's been said to me on multiple occasions. I think there's some truth to that. I don't know because I haven't had that particular conversation with any of the major manufacturers. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of distributors loaded up on ARs Mm -hmm. and just like any other business, if you've got, you know, 15 bushels of apples, you're going to, you, when you need to sell apples. Yeah. So, Hey, we're, we need to have a fire sale on this. Well, what about, what about our, what about our suppressors? What about this? Hey, those are gonna have to wait, man. You mm-hmm. know, we've got, we're sitting on, on mountains of ARs that we have to move. Yeah. Now's probably a really good time to go buy an AR actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I see things starting to level out now. Yeah. Uh, there was that, that knee jerk, uh, well, you know, this is going to pass this, the NFA is going to, the national farms act thing is going to get taken off and, we're going to be able to go buy suppressors and walk out with them. I think people are realizing now after the whole Vegas shooting and things were put on indefinite hold that that's not going to happen now. If legislation does come across and we are able to go in and buy suppressors and be able to walk out with them, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to get the word, uh, what I'm getting the word across to people is, Hey, don't don't wait. If you want one, go get one. Like right now, if you order one right now, if you go into your gun store and say, "Hey, I want a Silencer Co. Harvester for my 270 for deer hunting," it'd be a really good idea to go in and get it January, February, March. But by the time your paperwork clears, mm-hmm. it will probably be getting to you just before deer season starts, or in that September, October time frame when you can get it on your rifle, get it zeroed, all that kind of thing. So to go back to your question, I don't know about the, the AR situation so much. Um, just from what I do when I talk to, when I talk to manufacturers and when I talk to distributors, you know, they, they hedge their bets and a lot of people did like, Hey, you know, uh, if she wins, then there's going to be a, there's going to be a run. Everybody thought that she would. I mean, I was hoping that Trump would win, but, um, I remember I was duck hunting and my dad, we were at a little hotel in, uh, uh, right outside of Garwood and uh, get ready to go duck hunting the next morning. And he woke me up <laughs> and he's like, you ain't gonna believe this. I'm like, well, he goes, he won. I'm like, you're kidding me. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is going to, it's going to change things. Yeah. You know, this is going to be different. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, everybody's talking about the Trump slump and this and that and the other. I think people need to realize this is our time to really push for legislation mm-hmm. because if, he is not reelected next term and we get a different kind of president in there, whoever it may be, whatever party they belong to. Sometimes I I don't see pro gun being party anymore. There are certain individuals even in the Republican party or whoever that are soft on, on 
2A stuff. Yeah. They may be pro 2A, but they're soft on it. And uh, right now is the time to is to, is to get this stuff through mm-hmm. and, and to get as much legislation, pro-gun legislation as we can through at, at, at this time. And, and unfortunately, the NFA is not part of that at the moment. I hope I'm really hoping it will be. Yeah. Uh, and I try to I try to stay on top of it as much as I can on the legislative side. And actually, there's other guys in our company that are a lot more involved on the legislative end of things. But right now, I don't I don't see it happening. So that's why I'm telling guys, hey, man, go on. Please go out and buy one. You know, help us out. Yeah. Our industry is 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 not in a great place right now. Go out and buy. If it's a silencer co, a sig, whoever. I hope you buy silencer co stuff. Sure. Go out and buy suppressors because our industry needs your help. Yeah. And it's if you're gonna wait, you're gonna wait. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys saying, "Well, is this going to pass?" No, it's not. It's not going to pass anytime <laughs> yeah. soon. I mean, yeah. don't count on the government. And we to already do anything outlined for the you. the. Uh, you know, string of events that yeah. have, that killed it essentially. Sure. You know, we had all this momentum, and and then things went in the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. They did. Um, well, so currently, uh, and like I said, I've been waiting two years. We we you've been emailing me or texting me. Hey, did you take care of this yet? I'll send yeah. you. A, yeah. I'll send you a can, and I'm like, no, I'm just lazy, or I keep waiting on the. Yeah, yeah. and now it's harder. Yeah, now so it's harder. so I'm gonna do it. Um, but uh, but talk about the process. So when I go start filling out my paperwork and and let's first not talk about a trust if i just want one can for me as an individual mm-hmm. suppressor what is the process for that it's it's really pretty straightforward as an individual mm-hmm. uh i think a lot of it gets confused because people start saying well what do i need to do to buy this permit it's not a permit you're not buying a permit you're buying a tax stamp you're paying a 200 dollar tax it's a one-time tax mm-hmm. to own a suppressor so you go into your local gun store and you say, I want a Silencer Co. Omega 300 for my 300 Win Mag. Awesome. Yeah. They pull it out. You start filling out your paperwork. When you Some shops are doing this, some are not. What you have to have is you have to have two sets of the FBI. I think it's the Form 503. Don't quote me on that. It's on our website. Two sets of fingerprints, two sets of uh, photo IDs that you can like go to a Walgreens or a CVS and get made, you know, uh-huh. passport type photos. Uh, and then you go in and you fill out your form four and you spend, fill out your uh, responsible person form. And then you uh, usually the, a lot of shops do this for you. They notify. It used to be you had to get Clio sign off, chief law enforcement officer yeah. sign off. You don't have to do that anymore. That okay. is one thing that Obama said. You don't have to go in and do this. All you have to do is notify your chief law enforcement officer, hey, I got a suppressor. Yeah. And they file it. And a lot of guys, and this always cracks me up, guys are like, well, I don't want people knowing what I got. I'm like, hey, dude, if you bought it and you fill out a Form 4, everybody knows what you have. Right. Unless you're doing like under-the-table trades. <laughs> um, that's the only way people are going to know what guns you do and don't have. If you fill out a Form 4, if you buy it with a credit card, if you fill out any form to buy a firearm, guess what? They know what you got. Yeah. They, whoever big, they big are. Big brother. Yeah, big brother, yeah. the government, yeah. whoever you is. So I'm like, look, go out and get it done. Yeah. You know, the ATF's not going to come kick down your door. That's another That's another thing that I hear out there from guys like, well, you know, the ATF can come to my house and kick down my door and check and see whatever I have. No, what the ATF's going to do is call you and say, hey, look, you know, we've, we've noticed something here. We just need to verify that you that you have these and they're in your, in your possession. Yeah. They do it with us all the time at work. They come and do do, do a check at work. Hey, do you have all your stuff? Yeah, we got it right here. Here it is. Okay, good to go. And yeah. they're gone. And they're really nice guys. 
So it's not, they're not like this big evil black helicopter, you know, come kicking down your door type group. You know, they're, they're just doing their job right. and they do actually do a pretty good job. I, I mean, a lot of people hate on the ATF, but they have, every time we've dealt with them, they've been, they've been absolutely professional and everything. So it's, and I've never, ever had any of them come to my personal residence and check anything. Sure. That's, that's just, they got, big, happen. they got yeah. bigger fish to fry right. than that. Yeah. And so all in for just the individual, um, what is the cost associated with that? The only cost that's going to be associated with, of course, is you're going to buy your suppressor. Uh-huh. And Which, then, what average ballpark? Just throw a number out. I know there's different brands. Yeah, different, different brands. Different. Ours, ours can. The run, average hunting guy. What what can he expect to send? Anywhere from six hundred to a thousand. Uh-huh. Plus that, the two hundred dollars. Plus your two hundred dollar tax stamp. It's a small investment to protect your hearing, huh? Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes so I've hunted hogs plenty of times with them with yeah. the buddies and stuff, and it's much more enjoyable when you're suppressed <laughs> to be able to shoot. I'm, I was out at hunting with a guy and he had never been around him. And I was getting, getting lined up on an out and you know, we're sitting there proned out on a hillside and they hadn't seen us. They were about a little over 300 yards away. He's glassing them, ranging them. I'm behind the gun on the glass. He's, he's looking at him through his binos and I look over and he's doing some kind of weird yoga pose, trying to get his thumbs into his ears <laughs> and hold onto his binos. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, plug in my ears, man. I said, you ain't gotta do that. Yeah. I was like, I'm shooting a suppressor. You're fine. Yeah. You know, and he was like a little bit behind me, behind my shoulder, where he could talk into my into my ear. I'm like, you don't have to do that. You know, you you you, you don't have to do that. And I shot. And he's like, man, that is amazing. Yeah. He's like, I, I absolutely did not know it would quiet it that much. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it, it 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 knocks it down to a hearing safe level. All of our cans do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knock it down to a hearing safe level. And 300 Win Mag. That's that's saying something. You know? oh, yeah, yeah. And they also knock off about 50% of your recoil. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice too, especially on your Magnum calibers. That, that makes it real nice. I, mean, I think that that is a reason why people make bad shots is they're, they're anticipating that recoil. No I know I have, a, uh, I have a wooden stock, and I, I, I love Mossberg, but they, they don't make this gun anymore. And I think this is why. It was a wooden stock, 300 Win Mag. It was a light gun, and it just thumped. Just I didn't like shooting it. Beat you. Yeah, and I, I, I said, okay, I'm not shooting that gun again. And uh, got a different model from them. Absolutely love it. But uh, that one just, you know, and there are certain guns that are like that. But those those calibers like that, yeah, they're, they, that recoil can yeah, I mean, make I, you make a bad shot, really. Absolutely. Um, I, I have a friend of mine. Um, he guides at a ranch called the Star S. Oh, yeah. I've heard, and it heard of it. You've yeah. heard of it. Shot that Gims book right there. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah, so you know it. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Eric White and yeah. Dalton Bannister down there. Yeah. And, um, Shot that Dalton was my guy on that. Was one. he? Yeah. Well, he, he and Eric both have cans, and that, there's a couple other guys down there that have cans now. And th- those guys have sold more cans for us um, just as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty amazing. It, they were hunting, and a guy had come down. He had a 300 Wisdom with a brake on it, and it was a light gun. I don't know if it was a custom gun. I don't know what kind of gun it was, but yeah. it was a light gun. And his wife was shooting it, and they were going to go out for, I think, for Gims Buck and for some other stuff. And uh, she shot it a couple times with the brake on it. She's like, I just, and she was making bad shots because she was anticipating recoil. Mm-hmm. And she and it had a brake on it, so it was extremely loud. Shooting a flame, you know, a foot out of the end of the gun. Because <laughs> that's just, well, Magnum Calibers do that. Yeah. And, and she was like, I'm just having a really hard time with this. And I think it was Dalton. He, he, he took his harvester off of his gun and screwed it onto their gun because it had a brake on it. Screwed mm-hmm. it onto their gun and said, shoot it now. And she shot it, and she turned to her husband. She goes, "Buy one for every gun we got," because <laughs> she went from not being able to hit a paper plate to you know putting yeah. three in three inside of an inch. 
and it, just because of a suppressor and yeah. just not especially for kids and new shooters and even even old shooters i've watched people slap the trigger and do things like that and it's just it's uh it's it's mind-blowing we love to get reactions of people when they first shoot a suppressed gun because they, they're like they have that look i'm sure i have the same look on my face I'm like, i cannot believe <laughs> i have not been doing this my entire life yeah absolutely well another question i know uh that you guys get a lot is as far as the trust what are the advantages to that we, we don't have a lot of time but uh walk us through that we talked about how an individual can get one uh, as far as setting up the trust though setting up the trust isn't hard mm-hmm. um the benefit of a trust is one you can you will be able to uh carry multiple people on there so so i have a trust and i have my father and my son on there mm-hmm. and because uh, in certain states once a, a a person is 18, they can be carried on a trust. They can't purchase until they're 21, but they can carry on a trust. Okay? Right. They can be carried on my trust. Yeah. So I have my, my father, my son, and myself on there, and I'm the executor. The benefit of the trust is if, if my dad says, hey, I want to grab the you know AR or whatever that has a suppressor on it and go shoot coyotes and go down the road, if he gets pulled over, and they're like, hey, do you have your paperwork? Which rarely happens, mm-hmm. but it happens every now and then. And he can whip that out and say, yeah, here I am. Then he's my, not a felon. My, yeah, and I'm not a felon, and here's my name, and I'm on the trust. Right. I'm a responsible person, and here's my name on the trust. That's the benefit of a trust. Most guys are like, yeah, but I'm, I'm just going to file for it as an individual because if anybody's going to be shooting it, I'm going to be with them. I'm like, well, then file for an individual and get it in six months mm-hmm. or five months, whereas trusts are taking – Right now, on average, they're taking anywhere from 11 to 13 months yeah. to get a trust done uh, just because ATF has to go through the paperwork you know, line by line and check everybody on the trust, whereas an individual, it's one person, boom, you're, you're done and gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty easy that way. Okay. Um, now, as far as say you've got one of your Omegas, Harvester, how many different guns can I put that on? Just anything that has a threaded barrel or how does that work? Because people want to know. Um, the Omega. Do I have to buy six? No, you know, no. They, they, if you're gun, most guns. We'll start out with thread pitch. Mm-hmm. Most guns are threaded. If they're a like a thin tapered barrel, that's going to be probably be a half twenty eight inch thread. And all of our uh, all of our devices are interchangeable out, out of the end of the can. Okay, so you can either use five eight twenty four if it's like a full profile, like a bull barrel, like what people will call a bull barrel or varmint barrel. Most mm-hmm. of those are going to be your thirty cals, or most of those are going to be five eight twenty four, and anything like six five two forty three five five six that kind of thing is going to be half twenty eight. Um, and we we make interchangeable adapters that go in in and out of the back of the can, or you can run it on a muzzle device with like a quick lock uh, or a what we call our ASR mount. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a you know wrap it on, wrap it off type uh, type mount. But people are asking, what if I want to buy one can? I, I always ask, what are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to run it on my deer rifle and maybe on my AR every now and then, and that's about it. I'm like, you know, you, you can't go wrong with getting. An Omega because it's it's light, you know, it's a titanium can. You can run it on anything from 300 WSM down to 22250. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter the caliber. If you're going to get into like the 338 Lapuas and big stuff like that, you're going to want to run like a Harvester Big Bore mm-hmm. or a hybrid or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think people also need to know that the that the 
It's not a permit. I mean, but the, the tax stamp, that's good for the suppressor. You can put it on whatever gun you want. That's good for life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's good it's not, for that You don't item. have to register individual guns and say, no, I'm no, no, put no, it on, you know. no, no. And that's, that's something that we've had to talk to people about. Like, well, if I buy this and put it on this gun, am I going to pay? No, you, that's why we make it multi caliber. Permit is just for you to have that. Yeah. That it's suppressor. just so you can have that suppressor or that item. Stamp, yeah. That's what you pay the $200 yeah, for. Yeah. Okay. What about handguns? Handguns, um, we make several different kind of handgun cans. Uh, it's one, not any harder to get that. No, it's uh, the same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Handguns just run on a, they run on a piston type device, and I could, I could go down the rabbit hole with that. But basically, you buy a suppressor, and then you buy the piston that fits your certain gun. Mm-hmm. Like different different barrels have different thread pitches, and all that piston does is allow that can to function on a on a pistol that has like a semi-automatic with a tilting barrel. Okay. okay. So 45 is obviously going to be a bigger thread pitch than a sure. nine millimeter or, you know, 10, 10 mil, 10 mil or anything like that. But what I tell most people is buy a 45 can and run everything through it because you, then you can run 45, you can run 300 blackout mm-hmm. through that. You can run nine millimeter, you can run 10 millimeter, 40 cal, you can run everything through a 45. Okay. Unless you're running like some big crazy Magnum. Like I've got a 10 millimeter. What, uh, I, w- I would say Which I want to start hunting with. So. Yeah, a, a ten millimeter. A lot of guys have really gotten into hunting with a ten millimeter. But I have. I just haven't killed anything. With yeah, it, yeah a, so. a, it's a fantastic round. Yeah. Um, that the bullet, the terminal performance on that round is awesome. Um, Hell, we've had Razor Dobbs on multiple times, and he took one to uh, had to get a special permit to take it to South Africa. Oh, really? But he's killed two Cape Buffalo with a ten millimeter. With a ten mil, with, and got yeah. complete pass through on one of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And they did a lot of uh, they did a lot of study here uh in the texas hill country as far as shooting through those gelatin blocks to find out if it would actually do the do the trick and kill a cape buffalo yeah wow so i think one of them was like 60 yards oh my lord and uh, he's he's a very accomplished pistol shooter and he actually runs our stuff yeah he actually shoots our cans uh we've got several different 45 cans that that you can run there's uh you've got an omega 45k we've got the osprey which and is this will the, work on the 10 mil yeah yeah, yeah. it'll work on 10 mil okay. i've run it on 10 mil before yeah. uh i took a i took a guy named brian mccumby uh down hog hunting in texas and he was running a, a 10 mil with a uh with a 45 osprey on there and it's still i mean that that round's howling yeah i mean it's going fast and and it, it suppresses it very well better than shooting it unsuppressed right, obviously right but uh, it's still, I mean, it's still pretty loud. I mean, yeah. that, that that round is moving. Yeah. But, it, man, it's a great round. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, that's good to know. Um, let's see if there's anything else as we as we wrap up here. As I guess just tell folks where they can, uh, whether they want to buy Silencer Co. or whatever brand, you know, now's the time to do it. Because, you know, like, like I'm a perfect example of, uh, hey, I was banking on this to get passed and just kept putting it off and putting it off. And it now it's not going to. So every day that I wait is just a wasted day, essentially. Yeah, it really is. It's a wasted day. And it, you know what? If, if legislation comes through where I, I don't know if it's going to go in its current form. So instead of waiting around on Congress to do something, um, which could take years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we started this process, this whole fight the noise thing, everything three or four years ago. And it's yeah. just now come to, to this point. So it takes a while for this kind of stuff to go through. And even if it hits Congress, it may not. Right. You know, it may not get through. Right. So my thing is, if you want to own a suppressor, get out, get to your get to your local gun store. Uh, we we really we're big on supporting our local gun stores. Um, uh, Silencer Shop carries our product again, uh, but also your local guys here in uh, 
in the in the Metroplex here in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, San Antonio, any of your major locations, even guys out in the country. Um, there's a lot of guys that really surprise me that are dealers out in the kind of in the middle of nowhere, so to speak, that sell a lot of suppressors. Mm-hmm. And they sell to hunters in, in the local area, and they also sell to uh, ranchers and guys that use them that are you know more for a work related thing for calling calling deer, shooting pigs, shooting coyotes, that kind of thing. You know, it's it's a work tool for them. Yeah. But um, get out there and, and talk to your local local shop if they have uh, demo cans that you can go out and shoot that are on a rifle. Go out and shoot them and, and see which one you want. Um, we we try really hard to educate people. Go to silencerco.com and look at all of our different cans that we have to offer and get out. And if you know people with that, that shoot suppressed and you have a friend that has a suppressor, go and say, hey, you know, ask them. That's That's really our biggest thing is we have a lot of guys shooting our stuff now. And, uh, like my buddy Clint, you know, he's, he's got, he's got one of pretty much everything that everybody makes, I think. Right. And, but he's a big, he's like, Hey, I'm on them all. And this Sonser Co Omega is probably one of the best ones that I own just because it does everything I want it to do. It's quiet. It's, you know, easy on easy off. And the biggest thing with Sonser Co stuff is if you break it, we fix it. We don't ask questions. You break, we fix. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like Vortex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot like that, yeah. and and same same principle. If you break it, send it to us, and we have the fastest turnaround time in the business. We'll get it back to you within a week. Yeah, awesome. so it's that's uh, nobody else in the industry does that on suppressors. So we're we're pretty proud of that. Very cool. Well, hey man, we certainly appreciate you dropping by the studio. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, there he goes, our good buddy Darren Jones of Silencer Co. Uh, interesting stuff there. And like I said, man, I don't, I just don't know why I've waited so long. Kept thinking that Hearing Protection Act was going to pass. Clearly, it is not at this point, so might as well go ahead and bite the bullet. Uh, That segment of the show, speaking of bullets, (laughs) brought to you by Overstocks and Bargains and my buddy Trent Gilly. Let me tell you what Trent did. You know how Gander Mountain overpriced everything and eventually went out of business? Well, when they went out of business, Trent went in and bought all of their ammo. Now, he's selling it to you guys and gals at deep discounts. And even better than that, uh, next week we'll have a promo code for you uh, so that if you are a listener of the Lone Star Outdoor Show, you'll get an even bigger discount. And you can find all of their ammunition at overstocksandbargains.com. Let's take a break. Up next, Linda Powell, our good friend from Mossberg Firearms, jumps on we'll talk about the new 224 valkyrie caliber as well as the latest and greatest shotgun options mossberg has out you know spring turkey is upon us and mossberg has everything you need to smack that gobbler upside the head we discuss next right here on the lone star outdoor show i got a pretty good friend who's seen me at my worst he can't tell if i'm a blessing or a curse The Texas Trophy Hunters Association is proud to bring you the 2018 Hunting and Fishing Extravaganza. Check out the latest in hunting and fishing gear and technology. Bring the kids to see Gator Country's live gators. Meet Kendall Jones, attend seminars, and more. Bring your biggest buck to our annual deer competition. The granddaddy of all hunting and fishing shows returns to Corpus Christi at the American Bank Center, March 23rd through 25th. For details or online tickets, visit huntersextravaganza.com. A rock steady point, a covey rises, over-unders ring out. 
Cable here for White Rock Upland Birds, an outfit Bell and I have hunted with many times. Whether you bring your bird dogs or use their polished pointers, hunting quail and pheasant on the White Rock Trophy Ranch is an experience to remember. Located 45 minutes from GFW in Italy, Texas, White Rock will waive the $150 guide fee if you mention the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Plus, save $25 off any package if you bring your own dogs. So grab your buddies and shotguns and call 972-880-9068 today. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. Hey, y'all, it's Charlie Robinson, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Well, I got tires to show, a backbone made of silver. Well, I got Willie playing on my radio. Gable Smith, welcome everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Charlie Robinson, feeling good. One of my favorites there, uh, thanks to our title sponsor, Dallas Safari Club, as well as Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Flares. And thanks to you guys and gals for dropping by today. It is a treat to be talking outdoors with you each and every week. Uh, highlight of my week, no doubt about that. Uh, so thanks for being here as we are set to talk some, well, shotguns and rifles. <laughs> a couple of my favorite things with Mossberg Firearms, Linda Powell. But before we do that, this segment of the show proudly brought to you by All Seasons Feeders. If you haven't seen the 600-pound stand and fill, what in the world are you doing? It's a, it's a game changer. That's what it is. No more ladders. No more having to back your truck up next to the feeder to fill it. You just stand there on your own two feet God gave you, and you fill it up. It's the All Seasons Stand and Fill, and you can find it in 600 or 300-pound models by visiting allseasonsfeeders.com. Okay, uh, well, let's bring on our next guest. When it comes to uh, regular appearances on the show, <laughs> she is about as well-traveled as they come. It is my pleasure to welcome back our old friend, Linda Powell of Mossberg Firearms. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Cable. Pleased to be with you today. Absolutely. Uh, so I know you just got back from a well-deserved vacation to the Bahamas, Uh a post-show season break, if you will? Uh, yes, after a, a crazy first of the year, I usually try to slide a little vacation in there because there, there's no question, you know, we had Dallas Safari Club and the SHOT Show and NWTF, so it's been busy up to this point. Sure. And then we've got the NRA show coming to Dallas uh, here in May. We do. I'll be down there May. before yeah. you know it. Awesome, awesome stuff. Mossberg's got some very cool stuff going on for 2018. A uh, couple things that I want to talk about, and I know you're not really in tune with the ballistic capabilities of the uh, 224 Valkyrie, and neither am I, but I was doing some research on this round, and uh, I was thinking, oh, you know, 
224. It sounds like a little plinker. Now this thing, uh, this thing's legit for feral hogs and and down. I would say you could probably shoot a whitetail with it, no problem as well. Uh, but uh, Federals got a 90 grain bullet for this caliber, which is pretty exciting. And uh, and I know that the long range shooting community is really amped up about it as well. No, no question about it. And that was one of the the hottest items uh, during the shot show. Everybody was talking about the Valkyrie and. Uh, the exciting news is Mossberg is the only company that currently is doing a bolt-action gun in it. Uh, there are a lot of AR manufacturers that have jumped on board, but we're going to have two models, our, our new MVP Precision long-range rifle, and then also our MMR Pro, which is kind of the AR that's set up more for competitive shooting, but it's obviously a, you know, a great firearm for hunting as well. And, uh, you know, I think everybody's thinking that this is going to be the, the next latest, greatest cartridge, you know, kind of following on the heels of the 6.5 Creedmoor. Sure. Oh, yeah. And you guys offer, what, like 15 different models in, in the 6.5? We we do. We do. I think if, if we have a, a rifle, we offer it in the 6.5 Creedmoor, no question about that. Yeah, yeah. And and both of these, uh, you know, the 6.5, uh, we're talking to a, a buddy of ours, uh, custom rifle maker, and he goes to those long-range shooting competitions. And uh, Derek said, you know, 60 to 70 percent of the guys are shooting the 6.5. Yeah. Uh, so it is really uh, a trusted, uh, a trusted option there for the hardcore long-range guys. So it's always exciting though to see a new caliber like the the 224 Valkyrie. A um, couple other things I did want to hit on though. We've got turkey sure. season. I mean, it's here. Texas South Zone open up uh, this weekend. And, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite things every year is, is spring turkey. Uh, you guys have, obviously, a bunch of different options. I, I kind of mix it up for turkey season. I like to go back to uh, the pump, you know, which I think turkey is the only thing that I actually hunt religiously with just a, a pump action shotgun. Um, and, you know, obviously been using y'all's pumps for a long time. Uh, but talk about some of the stuff that we have going on this year as far as uh, what guys can take into the turkey woods? Sure. Well, I think there's no question Mossberg's known for, for being a, a turkey gun company. I mean, uh, most people, when you go to a turkey camp and you ask them what they shoot, somebody there is going to have one of our pump actions, no question. And I think what's kind of exciting for this year, we've introduced two new guns. One, the 835 Ultimag, which is our 3.5-inch 12-gauge pump gun, and our 930 which is our semi-auto 12-gauge, 3.5-inch gun. We've got two new models that we're kind of calling our field turkey gun. And the reason for that, you know, if someone's looking for that one shotgun that pretty much would do it all, whether it's turkey hunting, waterfowl, upland hunting, I think this gun kind of fits that bill. It's fully camoed in new, in new but yet, yet old, retro, bottomland camo from Mossy Oak. Huh. Uh, so that's a pattern that just blends in nicely with all different kinds of terrain. These guns both have a 26-inch barrel length, which is very versatile, um, fiber optic sights. But the beauty of these, they come with the traditional Accu uh, choke system, which gives you your, your four main choke tubes. But then they also come with the extra full uh, turkey choke tube. So, again, these are kind of one gun that can do it all if you're looking for that shotgun. So if you're looking for the pump action, it's the 835. Uh, if you want a semi-auto, it's the 930. And I just I just think this is, you know, a great option, and they're very affordable, too. I mean, they come in right around the 
550 to $600 range. Uh, so to get a full camo gun, uh, all purpose, hard to beat. Yeah. Well, and I told you the, the first, you know, I think going back to one of our early interviews was years ago, but I told you the first time I ever shot a Mossberg uh, pump or Mossberg of any kind was the first turkey hunt I ever went on. And I, I had to borrow a gun from a buddy because I didn't have anything that would uh, chamber a three and a half inch shell. Right. And he gave it to me with the stipulation of, if you clean this cable, I swear I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and Because he was like, I have had this gun for five years, taken it duck hunting, goose hunting, put it through the ringer, never cleaned it. So don't fix it if it isn't broken. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. You know, that's that's the beauty of, uh, of, you know, a pump action. They really can take a lot of abuse and... Um, you know, they still keep on working. Mm-hmm. Uh, semi-autos take a little more maintenance, but, you know, just, uh, you know, normal use, you can clean it at the end of the season, and, and you'll be good to go for a long time. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, let's also talk about the 590 Shockwave. This is a gun that, that I've had the pleasure of, of using over the last few months. And uh, it not only is it fun to shoot, but this is, it's really, I mean, you can't really call it a pistol grip, can you? Well, you know, some people refer to it that way, but it's it's actually more of a, we call it a bird's head, or it's called the raptor grip. Uh-huh. So it's not traditional like a pistol grip, but uh, yeah, it kind of falls into that category. Well, it's the perfect shotgun. If, if you're intent on carrying a shotgun in your truck, this is the shotgun. If you want something for home defense, this is the shotgun. Uh, and, and, and we talked about it previously, you know, you guys were making them here in Texas, and and through one silly little loophole, we couldn't even buy them right. <laughs> uh, until I think it was about a year ago that uh, they got rid of that silly legislation, and, and so now Texans can, can proudly own the uh, shockwave as well. But I know it's been uh, doing very well for Mossberg. It has. You know, we started originally with just a basic black synthetic 12-gauge and then followed up with the 20-gauge. But the first of the year, we offered uh, a couple of additional models which I think are really nice, particularly if you get into someone who's looking for it for maybe in their boat or their camper or, you know, their backpacking. But we now offer a JIC version, which is our Mm just-in-case, and that comes in a protective uh, tube, um, which is great for storage and carrying it. But it also has a Cerakote finish on it. Um, So that gives added durability, you know, from scratch and, and weather. Uh, so that's one option. And then if you just want a, a little different look, we're also offering the 12-gauge now with a what we call the flat, dark earth or tan-colored Cerakote finish. Mm. So that kind of gives you a nice contrast between the the black grip and uh, forian, and all the metalwork uh, is covered with that tan Cerakote. Right on, right on. Yeah, absolutely love that gun. And, and you would think there'd be a lot of recoil associated with it because you don't have uh, the the big stock, but uh, pleasantly surprised with, with how smooth it really is. Well, as I tell people, it's really better than a pistol grip because if you think about it, the pistol grip, most of the recoil comes directly back into the palm of your hand, Ugh. which is a, a very uncomfortable. This, because of the way you grip it, it's more of a naturally recoiling. So it comes back, I, it kind of just pushes back, and um, it's really very pleasant to shoot, so I, I think the majority of people wouldn't have any problem at all handling it. And it just takes a little practice to get your point of aim because when you're shooting more from the hip, 
um, you know, you too tend to, to shoot a bit higher. Mm-hmm. So I just encourage everybody to spend a little time, you know, practicing at the range and getting comfortable with where that pattern's actually going. Yeah, I, I certainly noticed that, and I, I got those uh, those mini slugs. I can't remember the name of the company, but they're the uh, Gila. Yeah, they're uh, made in Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, and those are a lot of fun to shoot. But I certainly was shooting high, uh, you know, without having really any shooting from the hip experience. I mean, when else are you going to do that? Uh, right. Yeah, so, it it seems so uh, you know just counterintuitive to what we normally do. Right, and, right. Uh, but once you get used to it, I, you know, like I said, I find it easy to control and and easy to shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, and going back to the uh, the pistol grip thing, that that made me think of this one time. I've got this little Derringer made by Bond Arms, a company here in Texas, and they specialize in you know two shot Derringers, and you can put a, a four ten uh, shotgun load in this thing and. Mm-hmm. I shot that one time, Linda. I swear, I'd never shoot it again. I was like, my hand felt like it was going to fall off. Yeah, that's not. It's not very pleasant. No. Like, if I ever shoot this again, S better be going down. That's the only reason why I never have to. Uh, but yeah, so the the five ninety shockwave, uh, highly recommended. What's the price point on that gun? It's not that. Uh, it's, it's very affordable. Uh, yes, it is. You know, the basic black synthetic guns suggest to retail is about four fifty. Um, you know, obviously, you tend, typically find a little bit less. Uh, as far as street price, so oh. I wouldn't be surprised that you find it around four hundred dollars at most retailers. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's wrap it up here with what is next on uh, Linda's adventure schedule because <laughs> uh, you are you're one of the regular guests we have on the show. Where I'm always fascinated by where you're heading off to next. Well, you know, actually, it's that time of year we're coming up on some hunting. But my next next week, um, I'm going to actually be out at Gunsight doing some training. Um, with a group of ladies, we're going to be doing some precision long-range shooting uh, out to 1,000 yards and beyond with our, our new precision rifle and the 6.5 Creedmoor, so getting a little experience with that. And, of course, I'm sure you're not going to be surprised when I tell you I have my annual bear hunt coming up soon. <laughs> Where are you going this year? Uh, back up to high-level Alberta, my one of my favorite camps in the whole world, and I think this is probably like my 15th year or so going up there, but um, got a group of people, and we're looking forward to that, and, and hopefully some time out in the turkey woods. So Yeah, there you go. Yes, ma'am, I uh, I also have a bear hunt coming up in Montana. I Wonderful. Have, I've never done – I've actually never gone on a uh, a spot-and-stock bear hunt. I've, I've only shot them over bait in Alberta. Uh, so this will be something something new and exciting for me. Looking forward to that. Oh, you'll love that. Yeah. Never been to Montana either, so uh will also be a first. Well, I'll be anxious to hear how you do. Yes, ma'am. Keep us posted on your hunt. Uh, we'll run into you, I'm sure, at the upcoming NRA show in Dallas. And we appreciate you jumping on with us today. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Yes, ma'am. There she goes, our longtime friend, Linda Powell of Mossberg Firearms, and uh, that segment of the presentation proudly brought to you by First Light Hunting and the Midweight Sawtooth Jacket. It's what I'll be taking into the turkey woods this spring, guaranteeing to you that, and you can find the sawtooth along with all of First Light's high-performance outdoor apparel by visiting firstlight.com. First Light, go farther, stay longer. All right, well, unfortunately... Just looking at the clock here. We got to go. Got to get out of here. Uh, thanks to all of our guests today. Linda Powell of Mossberg. Also, Darren Jones of Silencer Co. And Texas Parks and Wildlife's Mule Deer and Pronghorn program leader, Sean Gray. 
Always a treat visiting with him as well. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Hold on tight as we slip in to this reverie. Slow down, slow down. It's moving much